Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Chris Snow. Welcome to Season 19, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. We always start the season off with the USHL and the USHL Fall Classic. Once again, it's uh, just outside of Pittsburgh uh, in Cranberry Township, which is a fantastic facility. If anybody's ever been there, one of the funnest tournaments of the year. And I love the fact that over the last few years, they've started off with the regular season. It's no longer preseason, which I think makes it uh, a much more fun event. So we're happy to bring on the new uh, USHL commissioner, Glenn Heffron, to the show. Glenn, thank you very much for calling the show and congratulations on the new job. Shane, thanks for having me. Uh, it's It's been fun. It's been about 90 days, and uh, I think you use the expression drinking from a fire hose, and it's very much that, but it's uh, it's starting to settle in, and uh, we're uh, we're moving in a good direction. Well, 100%. I know you have a, a really long background in history in, in hockey, particularly, you know, in junior A hockey leagues, junior B hockey leagues, USA hockey, so you bring a tremendous amount of experience to the new role, and what I wanted to talk to you about with you right off the hop is, and have you seen USHL and the fall classic evolve over time? Uh, they used to have, call it different iterations. It used to be in different cities and it's been in Pittsburgh uh, area for quite some time. Talk about what you've seen with the evolution of the fall classic and in its current iteration, why it's so powerful for the USHL, not only as a marketing tool, but also to have it as an opportunity to get all the teams into one place and then all the other subsidiary tournaments for the the youth hockey underneath it. So, you know, obviously this was my first participation in the fall classic. Now I've had some experience with working with the USHL going back a few years in 13 and 14, we did what was called the USHL Atlantic challenge. And we brought several teams out to the East and surrounded, uh, surrounded a, you know, a youth AAA event, which was, you know, quite successful. And the scouts were, you know, were plentiful and, and, and it was a good event. And obviously, you know, you remember the Buck Bowl and, and some of those kinds of events. So for me, it was really a first glimpse into how it now runs based upon the feedback from the NHL scouts and the college scouts. They were really pleased with how the format went this year. We did we did stretch the event out by another day. and Which I so like. The, I'm glad you guys yeah, did that. Yeah, there was not a lot of overlap. And I think that 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 served well, um, although the days are long, you know, with four back-to-back games, but uh, we may shift a little bit based upon some other feedback that we've gotten from the scouts where we might be able to do, you know, two games and, and they seem to be okay with that as long as there's some reasonable stagger time. And I think we can, we can accomplish that so that it's not a, a 15 hour day, you know, for, for the scouts. I've been so, there a lot. It's a long day. Like you're running, you're in the rink for 12 hours minimum not including yeah. t- getting something to eat. And by the end of the day, I'm not even sure if you remember what you're like, what went in your brain. Like you're basically mushy by the end of the day. It's, it's a long day, but it's great. I had to make a lot of notes. I had to write a lot of notes <laughs> because I knew if I waited to the end of the day, to, I was, you know, by Saturday, I pretty much hit a wall, but then you get through it and, 
you know, it was fine. Um, I, I, as I said, we were we were really pleased with the total event itself. We will be sending a survey out uh, to the three, you know, our three main groups, and that's the youth teams that participated, our own teams, and then all of the scouts that participated. We'll be sending a survey out to them to get their feedback because that's important. We want to know that we're we're servicing them the best way we can. Talk about that youth tournament and how beneficial because you worked in that area previously how beneficial that is for to introduce the to the families and to the to the players what the ushl is all about that opportunity is for you to present yourself to them and then they get to see the ushl up close and personal because i think sometimes parents and players at a youth age are disconnected of how good the ushl actually is from an on ice product well, I, I, I hear this all the time that, you know, a lot of youth players as they're coming up and they start to think about these things when they're 13, 14, 15 years old. And from from my perspective, I, I always ask that question. I do some advising for players, you know, just as a just as my way of just people I know from referral. And it's it's a it's a no cost to them. And they know I've been around the game a long time. So they'll reach out for this kind of information. And and I'll just tell them, I go, like, have, have you seen a USHL game? And they, no, I said, well, that's where you want to play. And you've never seen a game. So I like the notion that we bring this event closer to the East. It attracts a lot of the top teams from the, you know, from the Eastern seaboard. And those kids get to see what a USHL game is like. And I'll never forget this comment when we did, um, when we did the Atlantic challenge uh, out in East Meadow, um, P.K. O'Hanley was asked a question, and I'll never forget his response. He said, you think we're good now in September? Come see us in January and February. We're really good then. And I that comment stayed with me for a long time. I always thought about that. And he's right. The development that goes on in this league, you know, what, what you're seeing in September, they're not the same players come January and February. And I think that's the beauty of making sure that our kids get to experience that. You know, we've We've got, uh, I'm sure some of our, our teams are going to be bidding for national championships going forward. We want to bring that 15 only classification into our buildings from a national championship standpoint. We want those kids to see what, what happens in our venues and, and so on. It's, it's important. A lot of misnomers and misinformation out there too. And that some of that is, is uh, you know, propagated by people that have their own agenda and trying to keep players close, closer to their home, their or organization and so from my standpoint i i i think the notion of these kids getting to come and see uh, firsthand you know what the ushl product is it's second to none it, it truly is it's a remarkable remarkable program you mentioned about locations and of course i think pittsburgh does a fantastic job with the fall classic and there's opportunity to do a, other types of events like that uh yeah. you know because you have some potential partners detroit Chicago, St. Louis, Columbus that are in that Midwest to East close enough where you can get some, you know, East coast in close enough. Maybe you can get some West coast in there. And then you have all the Midwest of, uh, is that something that's on your radar about potentially doing different, different types of events? Cause I think it would be really hard pressed to take the USHL fall classic out of that venue in that location. Cause it's so, it's such a perfect fit. Well, you know, we've had that conversation with the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and UPMC, and I, and I can say this, um, if you're if you're thinking, we have one more year, so we're going to be there for next year for sure, um, and then obviously there's discussions that, you know, that have to go before the board as to other, other opportunities. I fear whoever 
would then take over that event because they have a big, big act to follow. What they do at UPMC and how that staff operates is like n- no other. I have never seen such a well-oiled, well-run machine. Um, a, a gal by the name of Cara heads that up for the for the building staff, and she does an unbelievable job. And uh, as I said, it's a tough, tough act to follow. Every little detail that they come up with, uh, it, it's amazing. It's, it is one of the best-run events that I've ever seen. Now, I've seen the national championships in that building, and again, equally equally run. So it's a, it's a tough act to follow, but obviously the league and, and, and its board would have to consider any, any uh, potential opportunity. Cause one of the things that I always find really interesting as well is that the emergence of Las Vegas and the opportunity to have some tournaments there to get some West coast attention in that respect. Cause they have two great buildings, obviously, you know, Henderson's building is beautiful and brand new, but be able to bring an opportunity. I've talked to uh, USHL commissioners in the past. You were now number six on our show about, you know, the eventual expansion sooner or later, she's going to spread a little bit to the East and spread probably a little bit to the West in that respect. And it may happen, you know, in the next 10 years or so, but Eventually, it'll probably happen. Thoughts about or, you know pushing out le- pushing out that way, or, or or less. There's there's definitely some opportunities on the horizon which I can't you know get into at this point, um, but there's definitely conversations that are happening, um, you know that are ongoing, and, and we'll see how that process all vets out. But uh, the, you know, as I said, there's there's always opportunities. We've got the Frosty Cup down in Dallas. Uh, which is, you know, a great youth event where, you know, there's USHL participation. So there's always room for those kinds of those kinds of things to, to, to have those conversations. And, and as long as they can deliver on the quality of the event, because that's so important. These USHL teams are so professionally run and, and, and that matters to them. It, it's an important uh, it's an important dynamic for them. So whatever we do, it, ha- it has to at least equal to where where we're at right now. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about the USHL with their newly named commissioner right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 
Com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on and off ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back and powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're speaking with the USHL Commissioner, Glenn Heffern. Glenn, we want to continue to talk about the USHL, obviously the USHL Fall Classic that just happened in Talk about the marketing of that of that event and your other events and about the innovations and challenges that you look at because the, the day and age of streaming and then the digital age, how much advantage that helps a junior-sized league take advantage of the technology that's available that would normally be afforded to only you know, the NHL and other pro leagues that you guys can tap into and sort of help out in terms of, you know, marketing such a big event and other events as well? Well, you know, the marketing aspect, you know, that's that's on par with messaging. So we know we want to improve our messaging on that front. Because the event has such a great reputation, uh, obviously you don't get 400 scouts to to come out and, uh, and watch all those games and spend all those hours in the rink if it wasn't a good, worthy event. Uh, but we do regularly have to turn teams away on the youth side. So we had 84, I believe, 84 teams that participated on the youth side. And, you know, there's some things about that that I know we will want to improve on and and get better messaging out about that and and have better interaction between our our teams and staff and, and the youth team. So that's that's an important thing so that there's value add, uh, you know, for the team, the youth teams that participate, certainly. You know, technology um, is always evolving and, you know, we, we've just launched an initiative with Speedio, uh, thanks to the NHL. And and those it's a five camera system that we are now will be exclusively relying on. Uh, and, they, and we used it at the Fall Classic. Um, they, the cameras were installed and, um, and it was very useful for us. We're using it starting with goal review, but we also use it for player safety so that there is no doubt what happened. Sometimes a single follow camera you're going to catch certain action and it may not always tell the whole story. Um, and I'll give you one example. Uh, there was an interesting play at the fall classic. Um, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Cedar Rapids is on, gets a delayed penalty called against them. And, and the clearing team might've been team USA. I'm just, no, it wasn't team USA. Um, it might've been, I think it might've been Muskegon. They're clearing the puck catches the player they're low in the slot catches the player and it looks like the cedar rapids player punches at it but actually didn't but the first angle from the back they said oh that should have been no goal but then when they watch it from the other angle they realize he never touched it it just simply hit his body and fell down it changes the outcome so these things are this video review system is really really good the quality is unbelievable um and that's going to help us with better analytics and 
just doing, you know, goal and stat review has been, it's been game changing for us. Uh, so, you know, those are the things about technology you want to try to incorporate. And um, as I said, all 16 of our buildings will have that system fully installed. We expect everything done pretty much by the end of this month. It's kind of a late, uh, late addition um, into the league, but uh, we're, we're happy to have it. So that's, that's just one of the areas of technology that's going to make a big difference. Does it help you as being a junior league that you can go to these uh, larger software companies, technology companies and say, let's talk about a partnership and we can guinea pig a lot of your technology. So instead of it coming from always the NHL, it's a bottom up approach where we're going to try and work out some of the kinks of this technology and improve upon it. You guys get it at a great price point or free to allow that to happen. And then it, you get to have that as added value to, you know, particularly when you look at talk about broadcasting from a TV broadcasting standpoint, you know, the next evolution is yes, you get to stream, but if I'm in, living in the United States, I would like to see some USHL games and the fall classic on NHL network. Cause they have to, they have to produce content anyway. And if there's no games going on during the day, why not have the fall classic on? Well, listen, those are I think those are definitely opportunities that we have to explore. There's certain there's certain agreements that are in place right now that have to be honored. Um, but we're we're having some good conversation with the folks at Flow. Uh, John Fiore, who's who's with them. And I've known John from his days, you know, back with Fast Hockey. If you all remember Fast right. Hockey was kind of the groundbreaking approach to streaming from inside the rinks. We were actually the league I ran at the time was one of the first leagues to adopt it and became a standard, you know, for, for what, uh, for what would be in the industry so that every rink had some form of streaming service. And so I have a good relationship with John and we talk through various issues. You'll see uh, from a flow perspective, we're going to have a few games of the week. That'll be free. That'll be broadcast free on our social media platforms which are, that's terrific. You know, so you get to actually watch a, a live USHL game from, from our streaming platform or from our social media platform. So those kinds of things are, are happening, those discussions. And we, we've suggested that there could be opportunities for us that would help expand our streaming audience. And so whether it's a game on NHL TV or NHL network, um, there are some opportunities out there that would benefit our current partners, including flow. So we're, we're hoping that those, that those things uh, can come together and, and uh, you know, we're going to continue those conversations, but obviously we have an agreement to honor and we, we will do that. Question about uh, the expansion every year. It uh, comes up in terms of especially let's, like focus on the Midwest. So there are some like larger, you know, cities like, you know, normally you like to stay in a, in a mid-sized city seems to fit what you're doing at the USHL, but I've had, you know, conversations with people in St. Louis and Indianapolis and Kansas City, and Cincinnati, you know, Cleveland about, you know, potentially having a, a team in the USHL. I'm sure you have lots of people knocking on your door because owning a junior franchise has become, you know, a bit of feather in a cap for a lot of people. And it's super fun. Yes, you don't have to dedicate as much, obviously, resources like an NHL team or an American League team. But, you know, this is it's become something that's become more prolific. And I'm sure you have people knocking on your door wondering when the next stage of expansion is going to happen. Uh, to answer the the second part, uh, absolutely. There are people knocking on the door. No question. Uh, that happened from the minute uh, I started uh, that first week. I, I started hearing from 
people that had an interest on, you know, any acquisitions available for existing teams and and expansion. And so we we are reviewing some expansion opportunities right now. And as I said, I can't comment on them um, for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, we're we're in a sensitive period of time, so we are we are having that conversation. And and I'm excited about it. And we're we're going about it in a very thoughtful way. And 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 that's uh, that's going to continue. So I think that as long as as long as the league continues to make the progress it's making, you know, with, with 51 you know, draft picks this past year, 39 being direct and uh, 12, obviously only one year out, you know, these are, these are all positive signs that the league is going in a great direction from a hockey standpoint. And, you know, there's, there's always opportunities to be reviewed. So yes, uh, we are definitely looking at those, at those opportunities in a fairly aggressive way. Well, it's one of the things I noticed is as obviously US, USA hockey has evolved. You know, this is my 20, soon to be my 20, this is my 25th season working in hockey. And it's the one league that I've seen at the junior level that's really, I think, grown the most. And especially the last decade, the last 12 years, it's been like more than incremental. It's been significant jumps. So, you know, that next generation, like there's, yeah. there may not be enough places for players to play at this level of hockey. And I think sure. the players are pushing that, that envelope, forcing the league a little bit to recon, you know, consider what has to happen next. Well, I think that's, that's definitely been part of the conversation so that our competition committee will, will make those evaluations and provide some guidelines on how expansion could work. Uh, you know, we're always, we're always aware of, um, you know, the, the player opportunities and whether or not there is enough or, to, you know, too few, uh, USA hockey continues to grow and, and that's, that's a positive COVID was a bit of a setback. So there are some things that we do need to, you know, we do need to see and, and, and see how that, how that affects the, the landscape of player development. Well, Glenn, want to thank you very much for coming on our show. Really appreciate it. Congrats on the new job and look forward to speaking to you in the future. Shane, thanks so much. I appreciate it. That's USHL commissioner, Glenn Heffern. We're going to take a short break on hockey prospect radio. We'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 
Com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, bantam, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting. Through an integrated series of best business practices, they design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business operations. We're continuing to talk about the USHL and the Fall Classic that recently completed last weekend. Uh, We're now happy to bring on Ian Gentile, VP of Hockey Operations, newly named. So exciting times for you, Ian, and thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Shane. I was happy to do it. Uh, you're right. I've only been here uh, since April. It feels like a lifetime, but uh, many years in the game. Uh, this is a league I know very well. I live in the heart of the footprint, so uh, just felt like a great fit. Yeah, how how exciting was it for you? Like, Obviously, you were with the Chicago Blackhawks for 13 years, went to USA football for almost two years, and then right back into the USHL, which is an area you love and you have your background, uh, you know, from with Chicago Blackhawks is really focused on player development. So how, how intriguing was it for you to be able to have a department that you could oversee and be able to like, so in many cases, take the handcuffs off and really begin to look at it from a holistic standpoint, but also give the league and its membered clubs an opportunity to evolve and take best practices across the world in different sports or in different industries and be able to try to apply that practically. Well, you're on it like that, that, that was exactly the thought. Um, so seven of those 13 years with the Blackhawks were spent in player development. Um, credit to Stan Bowman and, and that group and their forward thinking, we were sort of the first team to adopt a, a multi-person multidisciplinary player development approach, which every team has now, but I, you know, I think the numbers probably bear it out that we were, we were very, very early adopters, if not the first to do that. So, you know, I'd like to think that I was at the, the, the bleeding edge of player development in hockey, um, strength and conditioning, nutrition, mental performance, on ice skills, building sort of holistic plans for athletes that that's where I made my living. Um, we have success doing it and, and really enjoyed and, and, and grew those efforts. Then you have this, completely different opportunity to get to the Olympic space um, and oversee an entire high performance program, build that from, from the ground floor um, as, as that USA football aspires to be a full blown Olympic program and and write the entire high performance plan. What a cool and unexpected uh, professional challenge that was bringing my background into a new sport um, and, and, and building that out Um, unofficially, uh, it's looking pretty good for USA football getting in the Olympics. So you, you take some pride in that. I think professionally, it was a very fun thing to be a part of, which gets you here to, to today in the USHL. You know, hockey is my love. Hockey is my my profession. Uh, I, I think I, w- I was destined and, and meant to be back in hockey. And, and the USHL, obviously, 
a league I know really well. And exactly to your point, let's give back to, to the, to, to, to the game and to junior hockey and, and, and lead with that player development hat for what it's worth um, teams, member clubs, you know, I've spent a lot of time in this space. Maybe we can really advance the league and do some really innovative player development things. You know, I, I think that was probably part of the fit, the synergistic fit. And then to your point, you're going to really expand and grow in a lot of other areas too. So, so bringing um, my personal background to, to the USHL shore, but I was equal parts excited about getting involved on uh, whether it's player safety, rules and regulations, um, player procurement issues, you know, uh, any given day, I could be speaking with Bauer, uh, the NHL, a team owner, all within the same hour, right? So it's like you you wear a lot of different hats and uh, it just felt like a great fit. Ian, from your perspective, when you're looking at it, say from a player development department uh, or, you know, position, and I find this area really fascinating, um, how, how much do you think you can be able to help the member clubs in terms of build, all the things that you learn from the NHL and trials and tribulations and what you did, obviously, USA football, and be able to help you know, junior teams advance their player development because they have limited budgets, they have limited personnel, but if they have somebody at the league level helping build out processes and best practices and, you know, be able to take all the information from research from academia that's used in labs and all your connections and sort of bring that information and then try to integrate it into a potential program that they can just adopt and it becomes turnkey for them. Now, obviously that's not going to happen right away, but for them, like how exciting is that for you to take on a, a project like that? And then the benefits to, you know, each USA, you know, USHL team, because if it can advance their player development, that radically helps the player recruitment process. Sure. And, and you're, you're, you're being very uh, flattering, but you know, I, first things first is this league existed long before Ian ever got here. Um, and, and there's excellent player developing happening in this league. We we've placed the most players in, in the, the, the NHL draft out of junior hockey um, since 2012. Uh, and we've paced all junior hockey for seven years in a row with, with the most NHL draft picks. Obviously I've only been here since April. So they're developing players and they're doing something right. So, so I want to give credit to, the incredible hockey men that, you know, and women that, that are in this league in, in our member clubs, they're, they're committed to player development. They're committed to the college tracking model. So I want to make sure I give credit to all the, the, you know, the great hockey people that have been here before me in my own small way, to your point, what I hope to bring is, well, gang, here, here's some of the things we were doing literally at the bleeding edge in the NHL. Can, is there a scalable version for junior hockey to your point? I learned very quickly. I don't have the budgets to which I've been accustomed. Right. So we, we need to retrofit that into a junior hockey model. A lot of the philosophies and principles still apply, but is there a scalable version of that in junior hockey? The, the good news is I, yes, I think there is. And then it's, well, let's try to find what that looks like, equip our clubs with these options. Um, we've already had a lot of success as I sit here on, on October 2nd, um, I was able to make some really um, precise recommendations to our member clubs with here's some groups I was working with at the NHL. Here's some offerings that you may want to consider. Here's some technology that we've worked with that, that we've, we've been able to get league wide pricing. So I'd like to think we we've, we've actually moved the needle already. Um, but again, I, I don't want to 
mischaracterized that there's a lot of great hockey people. There's a model here that works. Could we help advance it? Um, that's that's where the fun comes in. Yeah, it's it's conversations I've had with Shane Fukushima in the past when he was with Waterloo about some of those processes. And to, the, to them, is like, God, there's a lot of things I like to do, but you know, we have some limitations in budget and limitations of time. Um, and he goes, that's why we really, you know, we lean on each other. Yes, we're competitors, but the other teams, there is some, you know, collection of best practices shared amongst each other. But then you, if you have it at the league standpoint, it's just being able to take some of that research off their plate and having the networking to be able to like, you know, give them potential options. Does it, will this work for you guys? I think that's one of the things when I talked to, to Shane about was, you know, that's great. Like those are things that just save us so much time because it's like, we're really moving from one day to another. We're trying to see, trying to see the macro position, but you know, we're such a micro organization. It's always such a day-to-day operations. But what's cool, Shane, and and you know this from all the years in hockey is that cuts both ways too. Like we're able to be the testing ground for a lot of technologies that go up the chain. Right. Um, So for professional hockey for NHL. So I've had some great conversations. NHL workshopping some things at our level um, that we can then work upwards, right? It, it doesn't always have to be top down. We we can workshop some things here um, that that find their way moving upwards. And again, that that's a really fun and different thing, different and interesting challenge too, right? So um, always looking to innovate, right? Like just or just always looking to innovate. Whether we're taking some of those things that I was a part of in the NHL or conversely. We're we're bringing some some interesting uh, initiatives to bear here that find their way in professional hockey. You know, any way you slice it, that it just makes makes it fun. It, it makes it makes what you're doing that much more enjoyable and innovative and challenging. You find that it's going to be an advantage, particularly for team for you look at you know teams, but also you know for the companies that are on the cutting edge of innovation that you can knock on their door. And I know you work with the NHL, but if you want to test out this before you get to the NHL, is there an opportunity to partner with the USHL and do that? And it's cost effective for you. And then they use you as the beta testing for their, for their technology. Yeah, you're on it. And, and, uh, and you, again, you know, this from, from being in hockey, as long as you've been the, the companies in at the NHL level and, and here both uh, the products with which I've had the most success are the companies willing to bet on themselves. They're willing to go with that freemium model or that that pilot program. Um, the other commonality I've seen is the companies that say, okay, Shane, what is it that you're looking to do? What problem can I solve? Here's sort of what I offer, but what can I solve for you? Those companies that come to you with a ready-made solution, trying to, to hammer home a, a one-size-fits-all solution into a space, Oftentimes, those aren't the ones that work. It's it's the companies that say, okay, I'm hearing a problem. I think I'm uniquely equipped to help solve that. Let's do this together. Those are the ones that that you have meaningful partnerships. Uh, absolutely. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Ray. We come back. We'll continue talking with Ian right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. 
Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back and brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting through an integrated series of best business practices. They design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business operations. Continue to talk to Ian Gentile, VP of Hockey Operations for the USHL. You know, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the USHL Fall Classic, which I think is an is a really great way to start the season. It used to be preseason games, and I li- really like the fact they pushed it into regular season games. I thought it was a really nice way to launch the season. But what I find really interesting is, you know, the combines around it and then the other youth tournaments around it, allowing, you know, the member clubs to see these younger kids, get a beat on them early, but for then the kids to have an opportunity to see what the USHL is all about and be able to ha- have people like you talk to them, but then also to witness and watch the ushl live because i've talked to parents before oh my high school kid he could play here and then they went and see a game live and they're like wow like this hockey is really exceptionally good so talk about the ancillary benefits of that from the ushl fall classic the fall classic is is our is our hallmark event and rightfully so i mean it's ironic that we 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 start our season with it but um what a wonderful event where we're sort of the, the center of the hockey universe for four or five days, uh, a really great partnership with the NHL. Um, and it provides such a tangible value to the NHL too. Every club is represented and they have like three or four, in some cases, five scouts present. Um, in my conversations with Dan Marr and central scouting, 
they just place such an emphasis on this event because where else are you going to get all 16 teams in one location playing elite hockey? You have another hundred some um, college and division one coaches. You put that all together and, and you really are the center of the hockey universe um, in a great, again, just a, a hockey wild uh, city in Pittsburgh. And, and just the event is it's, 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 it's a wonderful event at the USHL level that serves sort of a unique and valuable purpose. Plus that whole other side that you talked about, the youth side. So um, what Frank Butler does and, and what our player development staff does on the youth side, again, critically important, getting the the, the best, uh, you know, AAA programs in the country all together in one city. It's not, it's not coincidence. And we have it at the exact same time as the USHL is playing so that these athletes get a chance to come and watch the USHL so that these parents get a chance to come and watch the USHL. We're very, very proud of our product. And, and the numbers seem to bear that out. Um, the recent athletic article uh, seems to bear that out. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly important and well-placed development league. When these young athletes come and see our product, I think they're blown away. Um, what a fast league, what an athletic league. And then you put those NHL draft numbers behind it, the college placement numbers behind it. Um, and then you, you wrap that all up into the fall classic, just being a, a really uniquely valuable event. Yeah. I think it radically changed when you went to Pittsburgh and had a partner in a facility. That's great. Like I love the facility and we'd stay at the hotel right across the street. So yeah. we just like right. walk right back and forth. It's really convenient. Um, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins have uh, the practice facility. It's double, double ice surface, which is great. And then they have the restaurants and everything in between. I think it just makes it a, a super convenient because it's centrally located too, as well. So it's close for all the member clubs to get to, but then for all the NHL and the you know the college coaches to get in there. Um, you know, there are other, you know, areas that are close by that could probably do just as great as a job, but, and I'm always an advocate of like maybe moving around a little bit, but it's hard to say no to Pittsburgh because they've done such a great job there. Well, that's it. it. It's been a natural fit. Uh, the Penguins are terrific partners. That facility is exceptional. And then, and then you, you factor in all the youth rinks that are in such a close proximity. Uh, it's been home, you know, for this event for a while now. And uh, it's just, it's a great fit. Like how how valuable it is it to the USHL that you know you and other staff members can have these conversations, big conversations with parents and with the youth players, you know, before their games and at in at tournaments during this event, so that they understand exactly what you they have potentially in the USHL, whether it's a fit for them personally and their families. And have the opportunity to speak with, you know, USHL general managers and USHL coaches, you know, directly about, you know, what would it be like for me to go there? The parents asking questions. What is it like? What's the building like? What's the schools like? You know, what's the emphasis on education? You know, how valuable is that as a recruiting tool for, you know, having these youth tournaments around? One of the biggest we've got, right? I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. It, it's it's one of the biggest recruiting tools we have, Um you have some of the best players in the country right in that perfect age range, and they have a chance to watch all 16 teams, potentially meet with all 16 teams, meet with the league, watch the product. You sort of can't replicate that. Like you, you put that all together. It, it's it's such a rare and valuable opportunity um, for the athlete too that, um, okay, I'm a pretty good player at this level. Uh, we're a pretty competitive program. What does the next level look like? And what we're finding and what I'm finding uh, th with the more time I spend here in junior hockey is that 
NHL players, professional players, players and, and athletes that have had long careers will often tell you the most difficult jump they've ever made was the jump to the USHL. Like, wow, like that blew me away. And Shane, maybe you knew that or were a part of that intuitively. But for me, spending as much time in the NHL as I did, I was shocked to learn that. So great. So now we have some intel. Let's use that. How can we help athletes with this transition and actually propel them? So then that's, again, where sort of the player development challenge comes in. But I was really kind of shocked to learn that, but but maybe I shouldn't have been. Well, how much do you think that is from you put your player development hat on is about forming habits, like for the young players to understand there are certain habits and behaviors that you're going to have to start to build so that you have the consistency and the self-discipline to be able to get where you want to go. And you can't start this at 19 or 20. You need to start it a little bit younger so that it be- it gets to the point where it becomes autotelic. Like you're not even thinking about it. This is what I do every day. Um, and then it compounds itself. It builds upon itself every day for that athlete when they get from like 14 to 15 to 16 and they're jumping into the USHL. Habits, yes. But how about just the human element too? Like they're young athletes. These right. are really young the athletes. They, yeah, and you know, and maybe they've 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 never billeted before. They they've never uh, lived outside of mom and dad before, or, or maybe it's their first time ever living away from home. They've been the biggest, fastest, strongest every team they've ever played for, and that's about to come to a crashing halt too. So yeah, you put that all together, and there's there's just there's a lot we can do to help. And to your point, it's yes, there's the habits, and we can teach you how to take that next step, um, train on the ice, what you should be doing off the ice. But I think there's a lot of that human component that we could help too, that, hey, look, we understand this is the first time you've lived away from home. We understand you're stressed out trying to pick a college, um, thinking about the NHL. I think we can really help in those areas. So so that's kind of this, some of the fun stuff I'm looking to unpack here in the coming coming months. Almost like having a little tester for the lot of young athletes and saying, okay, this is a potential billet family. You get to stay with them, say, for a week and see what that's like. And this is well, like you a- and I yeah, you and I have talked about workshopping. It is there's a lot we can test at this level. And and I think there's probably even more we can do in the orientation department, which is, hey, we've heard historically this is one of the most difficult developmental jumps you're gonna make. Let's help you. Like, let's be an ally in that with you instead of just throwing you out to see and, and seeing who's going to sink and, or swim. Right. I think we I think we can help athletes. Right. And in terms of that educational process, because they're leaving their high school, they're leaving their friends. You know, how do we help supplement the educational component so it's less stressful for them and helping them understand how they learn? Because there's going to be a, sometimes there's a little bit more remote learning. And that's not always some people don't handle that very well. So how do we help supplement that as well in that process? Because we kind of forget their kids they are away from home and there's a lot of stresses on them. And then they got school. It's not like a pro athlete. My job is just to go, you know, prepare myself and get ready. Yeah. And it's, it's a passion area of mine, that mental performance and mental resilience space too. You're never too young. Um, you're, you're never too young to, to start working on your mental performance, your mental health, your mental resilience, remote learning, um, through a grenade into all of this for all of us, right? We sort of take you and I are sitting here talking remotely now, even a few years ago, this was unheard of, right? So um, understanding the challenges of remote learning, understand the challenges of just being a young person today. Um, there's so much we can do to help you from that mental performance standpoint. 
hopefully in some small way I can I can add value there too. Well, Ian, I want to thank you very much for coming on your show. We really appreciate the insight and we look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Yeah, anytime. Thanks so much, Shane. Ian Gentile, we're going to take a short break. We'll continue to talk about the USHL and the USHL Fall Classic right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, bantam, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio and Junior Hockey Prospect League. This is Hour 2. Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and study to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. We're continuing to talk about the USHL. We're happy to bring on a regular guest of ours, Kelly Larson, general manager for Dubuque, the Fighting Saints. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show again. We always appreciate that. Thank you guys for having me. Always enjoy being on. So we uh, want to talk about a few players that have been drafted by NHL teams because the fans uh, always knock on the door and ask to you know find out how their prospects are, are doing. And I want to get your thoughts on Yuri Patarchuk, particularly third round pick 76th overall from St. Louis Blues. Pretty big strapping kid and um, had a very good outing at the U18s last year. Uh, statistically really sort of jumped up, jumped off the page for a lot of people. Thoughts on how he's transitioned uh, coming into North America, into the USHL, and 
you know, it's a limited number of games. What have you thought so far? So far, Jura has been uh, has been good. You know, he he just like a lot of Euros coming over. Consistency is a thing that that takes some time. Uh, there have been nights when he has been dominant. You know, best player on the ice. Uh, and there's been some nights where he where he hasn't been as good. But you know, with his size, skating, stick handling, shot. You know, he he has all the tools to be a dominant player in our league. Uh, it's been great having him on the roster. Like he's a very likable person, you know, he's got uh, good energy about him. So he's been, he's been good so far, but I expect as he gets more accustomed to North American life and North American, you know, hockey, he's just going to be get even better. Kelly, do you feel on paper that he's basically built for North American ice service just because of his playing style and how physical and intense he can be? I do think that that his style fits very well here. Yeah, I mean, he he's like a wild horse on the ice, right? He just goes. You know, he can really skate. He's great on the forecheck. And I do think that there are certain elements of his game that, that fits better over here than they do in Europe. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. How much do you think it, a little bit of his inconsistency so far is just him getting to the point where he's no longer thinking about what he's doing, what, what the coaches are asking him to do, what his role is, what the system is, and then just – trying to navigate through a different ice surface in terms of angles and where he needs to go, not just defensively, but offensively as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're bang on there. And like, I, I, I when talking about Jura, I by no means saying he's, he's struggled so far. It's just that like, you, you see the the immense upside some nights and some nights he's been not as dominant, but yeah, a lot of it is the different coaching, the different style, the different lifestyle. Like, I mean, we, we talked many times in the past here about Euros coming over just, living with the billet family and, and stuff like that. So the, the more he gets accustomed to, to how we do things and how we operate and how life is over here, the better he's going to get. And yeah, for sure. Some of those challenges have been, you know, uh, a new system, you know, a new style of play, et cetera. Uh, but he he's learned, I mean, every day in practice, he gets better. Like the coaches, you know, we, we speak all the time, obviously, and he's, Oh my God, Jure was even better today. He was even better today. So yeah, every day he he's getting better and better and, that's pretty scary because there have been nights in the league so far when he has been hands down the best player on the ice. Let's talk about your goaltender and Kevin Radler. He was a draft pick from the Ottawa senators and prior to coming on, you know, Brad was talking about some advancements in his game and things that he's improved upon and, you know, thoughts on him and how much of an impact he can make with the improvements he's made over the last year specifically and adjusting into your league and, you know, how goaltenders, they take a little bit of time, but when they hit, that can make all the difference between you guys making a long run in the playoffs or not. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, obviously, he's huge, right? I mean, he's 6'7", you know, the, those guys do take longer to develop a lot of times. I mean, the arm isn't moving the way the brain tells it to do sometimes before they're they're used to their whole body, but... He's been awesome. He's always been a good goalie in Sweden. He's never really been in the top tier until this last year, you know, which is show, but, you know, he, he was, he's a candidate for the World Junior Team. He was in Plymouth, you know, for the pre-tournament. Uh, he's really just scratching his surface and is already really good. He's very, very serious. Like, he came to North America to become a pro. Like, he could have stayed at home and been comfortable, but he's changed a lot. Like he's changed his training. He's changed like his path of his career. He's extremely dialed in. Like he's very coachable. He's, he's a focused individual, you know, and he's been good so far. Obviously was goalie of the week in the league this week. Uh, and I don't even think he's 
close to where he's going to be later this season. So, so far he's been, he's been a rock for us and I only expect him to, to take further steps as we, as we move forward. Cal, do you feel that one of the reasons that he looks as comfortable as he does in the early going here is because even though you mentioned he's a massive goalie, he doesn't rely on his size as much as he'll, he'll rely on his brain first, right? He'll, he'll, he'll track pucks extremely well. He gets set in advance and that way it, it comes easy to him. Is that part of the reason that he's having so much success is his poise, his tracking, and it's just his overall ability to, to read the play? Yeah, I mean, I think you're what you're saying about the hockey sense is a very big piece for goaltenders, you know, that sometimes can be hard to evaluate. But yeah, I do think that he reads the game very well. I do think that as while he is very big, like you said, he he's also very fast. He's can he can recover quick. Um, and then also when you have that kind of body size, like a lot of pucks are gonna hit you even when you're out of position or when you don't see the puck just because you're huge. So yeah, I think it's a combination of things, but some of it is certainly what you're what you're referring to. Uh, how is he adjusted into more North American life? And just cause it's a, a different culture, uh, you know, different systems. And cause you said he's very, very serious. Is that an aspect of his game off the ice that he, you know, comes with the same type of serious focus? Yeah. His adjustment so far has been really good. You know, like again, I, I he, he came here a man on a mission and it's been, it's been all business from day one. He lives with the great billet family. He's, He's focused. He's training. We got a great goalie coach in Dubuque that he's got a good relationship with. And so, you know, with all Euros this time of year, they start to get homesick and stuff. Okay, I don't just visit here. I actually live here. You know, that's an adjustment period in their brain. I'm sure he's going to go through it as well. Uh, but, yeah, the adjustment to 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 be on a hockey team, to hang out with the guys and, and fit in has been uh, minimal, if, if any at all. He He's really been dialed from day one. Want to get your thoughts? How on, was, I'm sorry, go I'm ahead, sorry. Brad. I was just going to ask uh, uh, how important you thought it was that when he was over in AIK, he managed to get over 30 games in, which is usually rare for a starter in J20. And I know you're going to need him to at least play that this year. Talk about maybe the fact that because of his size, because of his age, usually conditioning plays a factor. Can you talk about maybe the process you have in terms of how you're going to rotate the goalies? Yeah, I think that's always an interesting thing, right? Like we do a lot of research on that, like how much should a starting goalie play? Um but yeah, 30 games. I mean, we hope that he plays more than that, obviously. But I mean, I have an example the other day, you know, our coach talked with Kevin and said, hey, Kevin, how do you feel about playing back-to-back -back nights? And he's like, yeah, last year I played back-to-back -back a lot, but I want to focus on Friday first. So, I mean, I used, I appreciate that mindset. Like the kid is a pro, right? Like let's do Friday. And if I feel good, then I'll play Saturday too. Um, in terms of how much he's going to play, uh, I mean, I hope that Thatcher Bernstein, his, uh, the 1B we have pushes him, but Obviously, bringing in a 19-year-old import goalie, the expectation is that he plays 40-ish plus games uh, and condition plays into that. But also a lot of it is mental focus. And I think he proved to us with the conversation he had with Coach last week that he he has the capability of focusing on multiple games, but obviously focusing on the first one first. So. Uh, quick thoughts. We have about a minute and a half left. Just on James Reader, a 2024 NHL draft eligible player that – is started off pretty well for you. I'm a huge reader fan. I mean, obviously I live in Chicago. He played in Chicago. So I've seen the kids since he was little, like he is so intelligent, you know, he, he's so smart. You, you rarely see James Reader get rid of a puck out of panic because he never panics. I think he's, I think he's awesome. He, he is up there with the smartest players we ever had. Um, and I mean, last year as an underager in the league, he put up 30, 35 points. So he's a big part of our, 
organization this year. He's wearing a letter as a young player. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge reader fan. I think he's great. Do you feel that part of the reason he's so successful with with his game is because of how manipulative he is? I found that the, when I was first looking at him, I was like, oh, he's not, not at a super explosive kid. But then you see how, as you said, you talked about his intelligence. He's such a manipulative player. He's so good at making sure the opposing team can't read him. Is that, is that a big component as to how he initiates with his attack? No, absolutely. Like you said, I mean, he's not that big. And I mean, he's, he can skate, but it's not the fastest player. So you have to compensate that with other attributes. And he has his brain where like he he makes a play all the time, like and he can twist and turn. And um, so, yeah, manipulation is one piece. But uh, yeah, he, he's just an overall player. And I think same thing like his skating, like he's still he's still growing. You know, his parents are big. So I think that he's going to grow and he his skating is good. But I think that when as he gets bigger, older, stronger, his skating is going to going to kick in and that'll add another dimension to to his game like i i think this guy like he's a really good player i think his hockey sense is gonna allow him to contribute and be an impact player at you know our level and and several levels above galley want to thank you very much for coming on the show always appreciate the insight look forward to speaking to you throughout the season thank you guys very much for having me and keep up the good work that's kelly larson gm for dubuque we're gonna take a short break we'll be back right after these messages Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back. 
And powered by Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. We're now going to speak with another general manager in the USHL, Tony Gasparini, Sioux Falls Stampede. Tony, thanks for coming on the show again. Well, really appreciate it. Long-time listener. Well, I appreciate that too. At least somebody's listening. So we uh, <laughs> we want to talk about a couple players that you have that are actually drafted by Boston. You actually have them on the same line, which is always, I guess, easier for uh, scouts to evaluate when you have you uh, put all those kind of players in the same line. Let's chat a little bit about Christopher Pelosi and, and Beckett Hendrickson and thoughts on those two players and not only the chemistry they have together, but them as individual players. Well, you know, it's, it's a unique situation that uh, it wasn't planned that way, but they kind of came into the season and formed a little bit of chemistry and they are anchoring one of our top lines right now. Uh, Chris from last year really took a big step. You can see he's a more confident center. Uh, he's far more assertive without the puck. Uh, strong two-way game and and he's got a very good release. And, you know, Beckett obviously coming into this league uh, as, a, as a veteran player as well. Uh, he's in a really good situation right now. He is so strong along the boards. He's great down low. Uh, he's got great hands and offensive IQ. Uh, and and the thing that surprised us the most, uh, you know, that, that we got to see how competitive he actually is to score goals and be around those hard areas. Is that something you feel that he can draw on from Pelosi? Because that's a huge part of his game and the get-go. And, and for part two, my question for you, Tony, is uh, can you talk about the developmental challenges of having a player who's like Hendrickson, for instance, who comes from the program and comes from a depth capacity, right, and is not expected to be the player, and then he's coming onto this team, and now he's one of the main key pieces for you? Well, I think that I think that's part of the development curve that he needed, and he's in the right spot here in Sioux Falls. And uh, it just happens at times at the development program that sometimes guys slide down. And and in Beckett's case, physically he was a little bit underdeveloped relative to his peer group. And you know, it's a role that he played prior to entering the program. So it's great that he's he's getting an opportunity to. To, to play in the forefront here with, with our program and our organization. We couldn't be happier with him, a part of it. And he's accepted it and the challenge of being a top line player and, and embraced it. And he's been great all the way through from the start since the moment he's been here. He's, he's been great. I'd like to get your thoughts on Zach Nearing as well. Uh, Winnipeg Jets draft pick thoughts on him and sort of like what your plans for him moving forward and, sort of some expectations that he's put on himself because it's a big year for him. Well, that's what we're trying to manage right right now, Shane, is, is he's coming in with a tremendous amount of expectations on himself. And we have to understand that this is his first year of junior hockey, and this is the biggest jump that he's, get, that he's made thus far in his hockey career from going from, from prep school or, or <clears throat> high school AAA programs into the United States Hockey League. This is a big jump in itself, and that next jump is a is a smaller step. So we're trying to manage his expectations and making sure that that he's doing the things right, concentrating on the details that are far more um, important at this level that compared to the prep level. We know one thing has been consistent since he's been here. He is competing and working extremely hard towards improving each and every day. He's got such a big body and it's a long body, very good offensive instincts towards finding uh, space in the offensive zone. 
He loves the net front, and that's where he's going to score his goals. And I think the thing that surprised us the most, and we had the opportunity to watch him play a whole bunch last year, and it's great to see his development over the previous four years at Shattuck, and they do a nice job there. Uh, one thing that surprised us is his ability to make a lot of little plays in the in the offensive zone. And, uh, uh, you know, we expect uh, him this season to continually get better and go through that process of junior hockey that is the USHL where the kids get acclimated to the level of play and start to turn around that January, February mark. He's been a he's been a very useful player, a very productive player thus far, but we expect his impact to grow as the season progresses. Do you feel that one of the developmental keys for him this season is you, you mentioned it briefly where he he subtly makes a lot of really nice little slip passes. He can he can generate off a cycle, but with the the body he has and the physical attributes he possesses and his instincts that you talked about down low, I'd love to see him start driving possession uh over the season. Is that something you're looking for from him? Yeah, I think so. And I think that comes with maturity in his game. Uh, you know, we do individual skill sessions and pod sessions throughout the week, in addition to our practice schedule. And a big focus on that is going to be just puck per- utilizing that big body, getting him to create better range with the puck in order to get his body over it and maintain possession and, and have guys bump off him and have him roll off of uh, off of the cycle. Uh, that's just maturity in his game uh, where he can start to learn to protect pucks and create depth and use that body better with the puck uh, than he does now because there's still some immaturity. He still exposes it a little too much. He's, <laughs> excuse me, rushing to the net, you know, at times, you know, the game's going to slow down for him as he acclimates himself to our level of play. Tony, talk a little bit. We've met, we chatted about this before in the past, I'd like to get your thoughts again is, you know, in your expectation, you, your, you know, expectations of players, but also helping them understand that the biggest jump they'll ever make and players like to look too far ahead, you know, instead of what's happening in the moment, but making them, helping them understand without scaring them that this is the biggest jump you'll probably make in your entire career. Forget just jumping to college and college, to the American league, American league, potentially to the NHL, that this is going to be their biggest jump. And this is where the habits get formed early for them to have success. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're you know, we're, we're in a unique situation. Uh, not only myself, but head coach Eric Rude. Both of our sons have gone through this process. Both of us are veteran guys that have been in the National Hockey League, College Hockey League in the past. So we're very upfront with all of our players coming in, especially our first year guys. And, you know, like I mentioned last year, we, we inherited a program last year that you know we we did a very we did or unfortunately didn't make the playoffs so we did a very good job as a coaching our coaching staff did a very good job of developing our players and helping them understand the process of junior hockey and each and every one of the players that are coming in this year you know I've talked to their their parents I've talked to their advisors and good advisors know just that Shane that this is going to be very difficult and there's going to be peaks and valleys. And in the first month of the season, it's just, it's energy and emotion that's going to get you through. And then the league is going to, you know, start to grind a little bit. It's going to be a grind. So we've tried to educate our guys, just follow and trust the process of junior hockey. Understand that our jobs here is to develop you. And if we do a good job of development, winning is a byproduct of that. 
And, you know, you've got to, you got to make sure every, every young man, every young man is on board and understands that process because there's going to be peaks and valleys. They are young players that were all the top players in the country or in the world in some cases prior to coming here. And now you're going to have to accept some different roles in the beginning and throughout the season. And if you want to be in the lineup on a consistent basis as well. Yeah, it's one of the things I notice is um, when you talk to players, they don't always recognize, even when they move, start to move up into the American League, how quickly the talent pool compresses. From yeah. like, you know, you were the best player on the team, but now everybody else in your team is also one of the best players on their team, right? Yeah. And that's and a I bit think, of a shock to system for some of those players. Yeah, and that's probably when 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 you're talking to some of the the players that are a little bit older, they'll they'll remember back their times in in the USHL. There's only 16 teams in our league. And uh, it's easier to play college hockey than it is to play in the United States Hockey League. Uh, so they, they will reflect in just that, Shane, that it is very difficult to be in here. It's very, you know, there's a reason there's almost 100% college Division One placement in this league for that reason. It, it's a tough league and, and it's all those details and your game has to grow and expand and change or else, unfortunately, you're not going to survive here. Well, Tony, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate the insight. Good luck through the season and look forward to speaking to you pretty soon. That's great. Thanks for having me, fellas. That's Tony Gasparini, general manager of the Sioux Falls Stampede. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospects Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. 
Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is Hockey Prospect Radio and Outside Edge Player Development for on and off ice training featuring KPI based conditioning programs at outsideedge.ca. We're continuing to talk about the USHL, so we're happy to bring on Nick Four, head coach of the U18 for the US National Development Program. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to always kind of get a you know update early on from from you and your coaching staff about how the players have gone through camp, gone through you know the through the initial first tournament, you know at the fall classic, and kind of getting their feet under them. Because uh, it's always nice to get a synopsis of a player a little bit early and try not to build a bias around him and let him just play his game, right? Because right. you know how scouts are. You know we like to we try like to figure it out early, and it always doesn't work out for us. So. Um, right off the hop, let's talk about Cole Eisenman. Obviously, there's a tremendous amount of buzz around him in North America and Europe uh, because of his you know, exceptional skill set. But what are some of the things that underlining attributes and things about him that maybe don't maybe go unnoticed by you know, the general public or you know, the media or some of the scouts that you get to see on a more daily basis? You know, I, I think for Cole, obviously, I get asked about him a lot, as you can imagine. Um, you know, he, his skill set and his ability to score is is really second to none in the draft, as, as far as I'm concerned, and in the birth year. Um, he scores as similarly to Alexander Ovechkin as I've seen a kid, um, you know, over the last handful of years. And, uh, you know, that ability to score, his hunger to score, the fact that he can score in so many different ways is is such a, such a, a big thing for him. Um, you know, I think... Uh, when you watch him close, though, as you start to watch him offensively, um, you know, and, and right now his stat line's a little crazy. It's it's all goals and I think only one assist. But, you know, when I see him daily in practice and his ability to to see plays and and, and find guys and make some of those passes and, and, and set some things up on his own right um, is actually pretty good. It just I don't know why it hasn't translated into games yet this season. Um but uh, but I'm sure it will at some point, you know, but he's he's definitely a pure goal scorer. And and he just I mean, man, he scores and he loves to score. I don't think he could score enough goals in a game ever. How do you manage his expectations, knowing just how highly ranked he is and how highly regarded uh, he is? Because I, I know, you know, as a coach, you could say, well, just leave it on the ice. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. But obviously, in today's climate, that's really not possible anymore uh, with all the yeah. expectations. So So how do you manage that? Well, it's an interesting di dynamic, honestly, in this draft because uh, the other guy that's at the top there, Macklin Salabrini, is is actually an old roommate of his from Shattuck, and they were line mates together, and they're they're really good friends, um, you know. So they know each other so well. So we haven't shied away from the conversations with Cole. Uh, in fact, I've had numerous conversations with him on, you know, where do you want to get drafted? Where do you expect to get drafted? Where, you know, what number do you think it is? And of course like a lot of these young kids is they all want to be number one overall. Right. And, and, uh, and so with Cole, we've spent a lot of time talking about that and, 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 okay, well, you want to be number one. Great. Well, there's nobody that can score like you. And I love Macklin Celebrini. He's an unreal hockey player. He can score with the best of them, but Cole's a better goal scorer. Macklin brings a lot of other things to the table, you know, his ability to set some plays up and, and the way he can play um, a 200 foot game and, and, you know, so those are the, the areas with Cole that we've talked and spent a lot of time with is, you know, when you start talking about expectations, like, listen, and we've had this conversation, if you want to get drafted with Macklin, you want to go in front of him. Well, here's some areas that we need to get better at that we can work on. Um, and I think that helps, 
you know, it helps bring those, uh, you know, the perception of where I might get drafted and managing those expectations into focus a little bit. And, and really, so we've had those conversations and I put it back at him. I'm like, Cole, it's up to you. Like in the end, in the end, it's all in your hands. If you want to go out and you want to get drafted number one overall, you, it's up to you to go out and do all these things. And then you put yourself in the best position. And in the end, somebody that gets paid a lot of money is going to make the decision on who goes number one and whether it's him or whether it's Macklin or whether it's somebody else, um, you know, that's, that's up to them. And, and all you can do if you're Cole Eiserman is, is to show up to work every day and do the best you can to, to position yourself as, as, as high as you can. And, and uh, he does that pretty consistently. Let's talk about Christian Humphreys as well uh, as a centerman. Uh, I mean, I'm always interested in the, you know, the, the right-hand shot centerman. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, we forget they're 17 years of age and they got another growth spurt. They're going to get a little bit bigger. They're going to get stronger. Thoughts on him and his overall game. What do you what do you like that he brings, particularly away from the puck? Because having to play center, you know, we get, you know, we like the fact that they're playmakers and they can, you know, do all these things offensively. But I'm always intrigued about what he does in the middle of the ice when he has to defend, particularly against larger centermen. Yeah. So he's working through that, honestly. You know, when he when he first came to us, Christian was uh, very much a point guy. Right. And he had the puck on his stick a lot and made a ton of plays. Um, and um, he's had to learn how to play away from the puck a little bit more and how to defend and, and how to engage. And and, uh, you know, this week uh, we had some really good clips of him doing some good stuff that way. And uh, he's not 100 percent consistent with it yet, uh, like none of these kids are. Um, but he's made some huge strides from a year ago to where he is now um, with his play away from the puck, his ability to, you know, he skates very well. So we can skate with just about anybody. Um, and for him, it's more making sure that, excuse me, that he stays in position a little bit more, right? Uh, he wants to, cause he's got that offensive tendency. He wants to run up the rink a little bit uh, early. And so, in fact, I met with him this week about being in the right spot and being patient um, and, and making sure we're in the defensive minded positions to set us up to go on offense and, and, and making sure we're not running out of those areas too quickly. And, and so that's something that, that we've really spent some time talking about here just in the last week with him. Uh, but he, uh, Christian's a really good all around player, um, you know, and, and he can make a lot of plays. He makes players around him better, um, you know, and, and uh, he's got that, uh, that knack and that ability to find a little seam here and there and he can hit it. Um, to set somebody up for an opportunity. And um, honestly, I think he's a really good goal scorer too. And, and uh, I like to see him shoot the puck a little bit more offensively. And, and uh, um, but I think, uh, you know, his, his ability to score is, is there as well. So he's a, he's a really good all around guy that way. Um, obviously, as you brought up his size, we'd love to see him, you know, put on a little bit of weight. Um, he's put on a, a good chunk already, uh, but he's got quite a bit of room to grow there. Cause I think he's still in that 167 to 170 range, which is, Pretty light for a center iceman. You mentioned there, Nick. I was going to ask you. He reminds me a little bit stylistically of Volteri Fopola, where he he makes his teammates better, but then there's times where you're still so, you're frustrated because he gives up that quality scoring chance. As a coach, how do you how do you try to uh, basically break down his game with him and say, hey, these are your opportunities. You got to take advantage of them more more than you are, even though obviously you're trying to look. He has that instinct where he's trying to pass first. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's uh, with him, we do a lot of with video work and we, we just watch it, you know, and, and 
I talk to them a lot about, listen, you're a hockey player and hockey's not a perfect game and you're not going to play a perfect game. You know, you're going to make mistakes. Hockey's a game of mistakes and, and just learning how to minimize those things. And, and uh, you know, for him and really for all of these kids in, in this draft class, they've, they've been, they've all been able to get away with so many mistakes all the way up. And now as they've, they've start to climb the ladder a little bit, it's every one of those little mistakes shines brighter. Right. And, and so um, for me as, with Christian, we've just tried to make kind of the baby step. Let's keep, let's keep making progress towards, you know, bringing our game full circle and making sure we have very few lapses. And, and, you know, we understand that that's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen in a month, but hopefully six months from now, he's way better at it than he is now. And that's the focus that we have. It's one of the interesting things that Brad and I have talked about, you know, for the last few years, when you're watching junior players is they get, especially in the defensive zone, the forwards like get caught watching. Um, and then they don't, I, I like to see when the light bulb goes off, when they recognize, Oh, when I'm actually really good defensively, it opens up 20, 30% more offensive opportunities for me. Like they don't, they don't sometimes recognize how many opportunities come from playing good defense through the neutral zone, especially the forwards and coming back and pinching down along the wall to help the D and like how much transition and how many pucks go the other way. So that's what I'm really interested to see, not only with Cole as well, as Christian is sometimes they forget, you know, that town pool quickly, you know, compresses, and then they're playing against college teams. They're like, they're bigger, faster, stronger. I'm like, oh, I can't just dangle with the puck and do what I want. So those things, uh, they're they're fun for those players to watch. Uh, We're going to take – a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio, but when we come back, we'll continue to talk about the U18 U.S. National Development Program right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. 
Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, bantam, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is Hockey Prospect Radio and Outside Edge Hockey Player Development for on and off ice training featuring KPI based conditioning programs at Outside Edge. .ca. We're continuing to talk about the U.S. National Development Training Program with their head coach, Nick Four about some players in their system, and we'll get to talk about more players as the season continues on. Uh, we'd like to ask you about E.J. Emery, a player who doesn't hasn't really got much discussion about him yet, but I know will uh, because scouts love guys that are 6'3", 6'4", right-handed shots, and can move because that's what the NHL playoffs are all about. So tell us a little bit about EJ Emery's like, like what you like about his game and where you think he can develop into because uh, every NHL GM is looking for a D man like him. Yeah. Well, I think it's simple for me and in, in comparison real simply put um, somebody that I had here a few years back, Keandre Miller um, and EJ are very, very similar hockey players. Um, six, three, skates well, um, athletic, really long, defends hard, physical, um, you know, right-handed, can move the puck. Like, can, like there's just so many different things to like, um, you know, and, and I think when you start talking about scouts and, and, and where guys are going to get picked and where they're going to get drafted and, and he doesn't put up as many points as everybody else. Um, that's okay. He's that he does a lot of other things that you need to do to win come playoff time. And, and, uh, you know, he's a kid that just, uh, he brings it every day. He's got a, he's got a great personality about him. He's, he's a, he's a very fun, engaging kid to be around. Um, and he just wants to get better. He's, he's got that internal drive, um, to be the best. And it's a little bit of a perfectionist type of mentality with them a little bit. So when you sit with them, uh, you know, you, you got to get a sense for that. And, and he gets really hard on himself because he wants to do things, um, perfect every time. And, and he's, He's learning how to, to get through that. But I tell you what, there's, uh, um, I mean, guys like him, they're, they're hard to find. And uh, um, especially that can skate like him and as athletic as he is, uh, he's, he's a real diamond in the rough right now. You mentioned Keandre Miller. One of the most fascinating things about Miller in his draft year was trying to, trying to figure out what his untapped offensive ceiling really was, right. As a converted yeah. forward and seeing it unfold over the year, yeah. uh, we'd ranked him very highly actually in the top 20 in the end. We really liked his progress. Do you feel that Emery could go on a similar trajectory in terms of finding that offensive touch where he's not going to be characterized so much as just a shut down puck mover and more of a two-way guy by the end of the year? Is that part of, part of development that you're looking for? Yeah, I certainly think so. And and I think you can draw to a couple of simple plays he made in Pittsburgh just a couple of weeks ago, um, sending Cole Iserman in on two breakaways where he had up, made a nice little soft play um, right on the tape and sent him in. Uh, you know, he's got that offensive ability in there. 
Um, you know, it took him a while to, to show it last year. Um, he was strictly defensive minded and, and defend, defend, defend. And um, as he got more comfortable, as he got his feet underneath them, um, there was a point at the end of the season there where he just started to take off and his skating came around and, and the game just got easier for him. And, and when that happens, you can start to see the offense a little bit. We could start to see it in practice. We ran out of games at the end of the year to see where it would really go to. So I'm excited to see once he's got everything back underneath him this year and we get a month or two into the season, um, what happens with him? This, do, do we see some of those things again? And and can some of that offense come out again? And I, I think it can. I know that was something he was frustrated with last season was his inability to show offense because he's always had that to his game. Um, as you say, as you climb up the ladder, it gets harder. Um, but it was starting to come, and I, I think we'll see a little bit more of it this year. How much of that, uh, you know, there's some outside discussion about the program in terms of there's only one puck and you have all these highly skilled offensive players. And sometimes the guys don't show it because they're just playing a a specific role for the team and have opportunity, but they don't have as much opportunity because there's only one puck. Can players like EJ kind of get caught in that where they, his offensive upside isn't as appreciated as it probably should be. Yeah, I think what you run into, right, is you're on the U.S. national team here and, and you get the best of the best. And, and uh, you know, the other kid you want to talk about here, Cole Hudson, here in a minute, like you got a special offensive talent like that, that takes some of the offensive minutes away from the other guys. And and uh, so that can definitely be a, a negative to it. But the, the positive spin to that, right, is you get to go against those guys every day um, in practice. You know, Keandre is out there trying to defend against, you know, James Higgins and, and Cole Iserman and Christian Humphreys and all these guys and 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 the ability that the, the things he gains there um, and then you know they still get those opportunities at practice uh, for for a lot of those offensive things it just doesn't always show in a game um, and and uh, those things will come they're on, you know again they're on the U.S. national team and when he leaves here and and goes on to school you know. Um, I got a feeling North Dakota is going to find a way to get him on a power play and, and he's going to be able to do some of those things and he'll be ready uh, through the training that we've done over the time he's been here. So let's uh, talk about Cole Hudson then. Um, You know, obviously has a lot of similarities to his brother uh, dynamo in terms of elusiveness as a skater. And obviously the offensive instincts to run a power play and just make dynamic plays all over the ice. Uh, can you talk a little bit about his def- defensive play? Because when I'm I'm looking at a player like him in that style, I'm looking. I'm asking the question: Is he going to be special? And it's not offense; it's defensively. Can he defend if he only, if he ends up only being the five ten, five ten and a half, and say 180 pounds? Can he be similar defensively to a you know a Jared Spurgeon of the world who plays in Minnesota? You know, can he be special defensively? So those are the like the curious questions I have for you because you get to see him on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, Cole, Cole's defending, in my opinion, is is a little bit underrated. I think he does a pretty good job with it. Um, he engages physically. Um, he understands that he doesn't really have to prove offense anymore. He he's proven the offense. Everybody knows what he can do there. Um, he understands that his challenge this year and what will limit him in the draft is can he prove to everybody that he can defend against men? Can he do it against big, strong guys? And that's where our college schedule that we're getting ready to start up here uh, is, is so important where he gets to play against some of those 
23, 24, 25-year-old men that are bigger, stronger, and, and can he do it against those guys? And, you know, against our guys in practice, he does a great job. He engages. He comes out of a lot of puck battles with the puck. Um, he, he does a lot of things that way that, is, that are really important. Um, can he do it at the NHL level? We'll see. Um, and, and can he do it at the college level? We'll see. We'll know here very soon in our schedule. But um, I, I would say if I'm a betting man, knowing the kid and, and what drives him and how, how hard he works and, and how, uh, how competitive is he, he is, I think he'll be in a pretty good spot. When I when I'm evaluating defensemen, one of the big things for me, especially with smaller defensemen, I'm always trying to evaluate their pace of play. How, how would you characterize it, and uh, do you feel that it's where it needs to be in order for it to be functional at the NHL level? I do. I think it. I think it. I think it definitely is. I think for for him, just like his brother, when we were working with his brother, you know, I think they're very elusive players, and and they they depend on on that elusiveness and all that deception that they, that they expose and, and that they utilize within their game when they have the puck. Um, I think for him, he's going to have to learn how to use that only when he needs to um, and, and kind of rein that in a little bit. Um, but, you know, he, he does a lot of different things, uh, you know, and, and, and finds ways to play at pace and, and he's fighting it a little bit here at the beginning of the season. He's, he's a little bit down on his point production for where, you know, I think he wants to be, um, and I think he's trying to force things right now. I think as soon as he takes a deep breath and relaxes and, and just allows his natural ability to, to just kind of flow instead of trying to, you know, show that he's the guy, like just let it happen. He, he's going to be in a much better spot. And, um, but he, he drives a lot of our offense. He drives, he's got his head up. He makes a ton of plays. He's, he's, he's wanting to move pucks North as quickly as he can um, to, to try to catch teams in bad spots. So, um, his ability to make those plays and to make those reads and to do it quickly, um, accurately on time is, is very good. Well, Nick, want to thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your insight. Like to have you on the show again throughout the year, just to get some updates on your players and how they're progressing. Cause we like to see how they move through the season, especially when they play against a college player. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, this has been another episode of Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, powered by Instat Hockey and Junior Prospect Hockey League and Fractal Hockey Consulting and Outside Edge Player Development. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast network or YouTube and follow us on Twitter at HP Radio and HockeyProspectRadio.com. Thank you to all our guests, and we will see you at the rink. Every play, every stat every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com.
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, bantam, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.